Welcome to the Student Success Exchange. I'm your host, David Ipia. I'm a student affairs educator by profession, and I help people to reach their leadership and relationship potential through education, facilitation, and the martial arts. I'm very new to the podcasting space, and I'm learning on the go. The idea behind the Student Success Exchange is to learn from the experiences of students who are striving and persevering through post-secondary education and to better understand how they make sense of their journey, as well as the tools they use to navigate. In this first episode, Galila shares her story growing up with a strong-willed single mother and as the first in her family to attend university. This episode is a fantastic kickoff to the Student Success Exchange, so I want to thank Galila again. Her eloquence really makes up for the way I stumble through my first interview. I also want to thank Radio Glendon for sharing their space, for hosting us, and for showing me how to record using their system. And finally, I want to thank my friend and musician, Jose Miguel, for the awesome music that you heard at the beginning and that you'll hear again at the conclusion. So without further ado, enjoy the first episode. Hey, Galila, thanks for joining us on the Student Affairs Exchange. Thank you for having me, David. I'm really excited. Awesome. So where did you say you're local to? Well, I think I'm, I'm local to a lot of different places. I was born and raised in Toronto, um, so I fully identify as a Torontonian. Uh, but my family, uh, my mother and father, were both from Ethiopia, from East Africa. Um, and yeah, and then they came, and, and I guess that's a huge part of my identity. Um, I cherish that part of, of my identity, my culture, um, and my people, and my language. Um, so it's my location is truly a combination of the two. Uh, of being in a city that's very diverse, um, but as well as having uh, another location back in Africa. <laughs> Great. And and have you ever visited um, that, that area? I have. I've been lucky enough to go back a couple of times. Um, most recently, I think it was in 2014, um, and I went for two months and I was able to travel uh, around with my mom, which was great. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't have that opportunity, so um, it was definitely a chance to go and do that. So I might as well do it while I'm young. <laughs> right, and for those of us who haven't been, like, how do you? What is it? What is it like uh, from your perspective? From my perspective, well, Ethiopia for me is 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 home, really. Yeah. Um, although I, like I said, I, I've grown up in Toronto. Um, my family is is in Ethiopia. A lot of my family is there. Um, but you know, of course, not ignoring the fact that it is uh, in Africa, it is. Uh, a country where it has faced a lot of challenges, whether it be with the government or um, with just development in general. Um, it can be, you know, to a lot of people, a culture shock, completely um, submerged and uh, surrounded with a lot of culture, um, a lot of great food, a lot of great people. Um, and it is a particularly religious um, country as well. So they value that very, very much. And you can see uh, accents of that throughout uh, whether if you go out into villages. Um, so it's a very um, eclectic. It's very eclectic. I think that's a good way to use it or a good word to use. Yeah, very cool. I, I, I have uh, similar experiences when I go visit my family in Mauritius. Mm-hmm. You have to spend, you know, at least a month to visit everybody, yeah. get a sense of things. <laughs> but I always um, uh, have so much to reflect on when I come back. Yeah. And it kind of stays with me. Um, Absolutely. It's wonderful that you're able to visit that, yeah. visit that part I'm of you, right? So lucky. Yeah. yeah. Um, could you tell me a bit more about how you see and perceive yourself, especially for, for our viewers or listeners, I should say, um, if you were to share with us aspects of your identity, values, interests, and or ambitions? 
Um, so like I said, I value my, uh, I guess, Ethiopian side very, very mm-hmm. much. And um, I did grow up in uh, a single, I guess, household. So it was just me and my mom when I grew up. So having a very strong female, uh, I guess, character in my life uh, with, I guess, a culturally rich background, you know, I think a lot of uh, students who come from uh, intersectional backgrounds or, um, you know, either come from outside of Canada or maybe even in Canada, you know, you have these uh, people who really influence you in ways that you never, of course, she's my mother, but, you know, in ways that, and it's that typical trope of like, you become your parent or your mother. And I see that every single day um, as I navigate myself throughout university. And, and of course, outside of that, whether it be with my friendships, um, professional relationships, all that kind of stuff. Um, so in terms of that, uh, I'm very much <laughs> like my Ethiopian mother. <laughs> Can you give me an example of how that manifests itself? You were saying in yeah, school or in life? For sure. So like I said, like she is very, she's very strong headed um, and is very much like things need to go my way because, you know, isn't in a good way, of course. Like, of course, people can, you know, help and uh, work together to, to to realize a certain project that she wants to do or whatever. Uh, but she's very strong-headed, and that's something that, you know, going throughout university and uh, having positions where I've had to make decisions on my own, I've really had to adopt that character because uh, not, you know, not because you want to ignore other people's contributions, but uh, to get a project done, sometimes you have to really take the... I guess the leading role. Um, so that's something I definitely take away from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and could you tell me a bit more about the, the, the identities uh, that you, um, your identities, how you see yourself? Yeah. How I see myself. Okay. Or, well, or other am- interests, ambitions. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm a, a first and foremost university student. Yes, oh, excuse me, a university yeah. student. Uh, and I'm very, very proud of that um, because I've had an interesting relationship with schooling to begin with. Um, so, you know, in elementary school or even high school, um, I had a lot of people coming to me and be like, oh, um, you know, of course, these are like a you know, you might not necessarily have the skills to get to to university. And so that's been a little bit, it's an interesting challenge to have when you have people that, you know, are supposed to help you uh, to get to to certain places um, Mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily uh, know how to do that, I guess. Um, In in my particular, I'll speak for myself. Um, So I'm very proud of the fact that I'm a university student. I think it means a lot, not only to me, but of course to my family. Um, And for for students like me, um, it's one of the things that I find very encouraging is is seeing other students who come from intersectional uh, backgrounds who are successful and are trying different things and, and repping for people just like them. Um, you sometimes need a predecessor to, to really see yourself in, in a position similar to that. Um, so first and foremost, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a university student. Um, but of course, like I'm within university, I, I, f- I found myself to be a part of a lot of different other communities. Um, so I'm really excited about being, or I was really excited about um, coming into to university and being able to find those communities, whether they be um, just interest groups. So for example, I am one of the coordinators at LUNIC. Um, so that's a student cooperative that we have on campus. Um, I was lucky enough to be uh, an orientation chair for Glennon uh, last year uh, in 2016. Right. Oh my goodness, it's been here. <laughs> um, and so... You know, it was for me. It's it's interesting to to be able to to find different communities 
in in places where I didn't necessarily think I would fit in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that if that makes sense, but I never really, you know, thought that I'd be able to do. I never really thought I was would be able to do so much. Um, but sometimes you kind of just got to shut that part of that part of your mind down and just really go for it. Um, so I've been lucky enough to to find uh, a position in in those communities. Yeah. Great. And actually, um, speaking about your involvement, why don't you tell us a little bit about your student journey um, in broad strokes? Yeah, yeah. So in my first year, uh, you know, everyone's kind of wide eyed and really excited about everything. And I was in that very in that way as well. Um, So in my first year, I really started volunteering at Lunik. like I said, is a student cooperative on campus. Um, and I would come in and study and, um, or sorry, in my second year, uh, I really started, uh, venturing outward. So, uh, Glendon and a lot of other universities have Frosh Week. And so I was uh, an orientation leader, um, since my second year and I've been doing it ever since. Um, and then right after that, that's something that I would hopefully like to plan out and be a part of, uh, the, I guess the planning side of it. Yeah. And so in my fourth year, I was able to to be a part of that and be a part of the GCSU, the uh, Glendon College Student Union, uh, and organize Glendon's Orientation Week. Um, and what's interesting is, I guess, from the five years, I guess, now that I've I've been at, at York or at Glendon, um, there's lots of different opportunities outside of just student involvement. So I was able to be um, a part of, like, fo- uh, not necessarily focus groups, but... Um, working groups I guess so I was able to work with uh, I forgot what it was called (laughs) but uh, I was able to work with um, what's it called Um, sexual violence prevention Um, so that was a really important uh, part I guess of of my education or of my university experience uh, because it's not necessarily exclusive to um, students only. We got to work with a lot of uh, different types of, of people um, and really educate our peers about sexual violence prevention and why things like that are so important to discuss. Um, because, you know, you know, being on your own sometimes and just like seeing the world, you can really get, I guess, discouraged. Um, and so having an opportunity to be a part of effectively trying to change your community um, I think it was a really, really great opportunity. So I'm lucky to be a part of that as well. Uh, yeah, I think those initiatives have come a, a really long way and, yeah. and are continuing to grow. So it's really amazing to see. Um, you were talking about as well uh, when you were in, uh, I believe, uh, high school or elementary school, um, folks kind of saying, oh, you may not have the skills, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But could you tell me about your academic experience as well in terms of, um, I think you're studying international studies? I am. Yeah. So tell me more about the academic experience as well. Um, so, like I said, from, I guess, elementary school or high school, um, I guess my teachers never really thought I, I, I was able to, like you said, have the skills to, to go on to university. But um, sometimes having that one person who, you know, is willing to, you know, believe in you a little bit more, you're, you're more in my 11th grade or my 11th year at, in high school, um, I decided for myself, like, that is totally unacceptable. I'm, I'm going to go to university. Um, so I applied to Glendon. Uh, I got in for the international studies program. Um, and that experience has been interesting just because, you know, university is obviously very different from high school. Uh, and you learn a lot of different things like, you know, the typical like time management and writing skills and things like that. Um, but 
I think a lot of people get discouraged because or they get discouraged when they initially get into university because they think they're already supposed to have all those skills. Um, but those skills are really nurtured and developed over time. And that's something that I think is another lesson in and of itself is being able to accept that you have to learn lessons like that. You know, sometimes things take time simply. Um, but the international studies program specifically has been, has been great. Uh, interestingly enough, I didn't actually think I was going to stay in it <laughs> during mm. my second year. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, you know, I don't think this is for me. Uh, I, although I love what I'm learning. Um, you know, so it doesn't, it's not getting to the core of, of what I wanted to do, um, which was really um, critically analyzing, of course, the world. So like the first couple of years is really theory based. Um, and then once you get into your third and fourth year, um, you get into some some real content. Um, but, you know, I decided to stick stick through it. And uh, in my third and fourth year, I got exactly what I was looking for. And so I decided to stay, stay an extra year just to finish finish it off. You know, when you're going through an education system, you I guess there's sometimes it's hard to see the end goal or what is at the end of it. And you're really focused in the here and the now, which is important. Um, but I, I'm lucky that I, I stuck through it. I decided to stay and I got what, what I wanted at the end of it. When you were saying in third, fourth year, you, you were getting what you wanted. What was that if you had to summarize it like uh, yeah. specifically? So yeah. like I said, in the international studies program, things are very theory based at, at right. first. Um, but I was interested in things like um, foreign policy, uh, uh, like diplomacy. Okay. And so those were the courses that I ended up taking. Um, I, I had one class in particular, diplomacy, that I really, really, really liked, and it was, it was excellent. Um, and, you know, that doesn't even go exclusively for the international studies program. Um, that is that is one case, but, you know, when you go through university, of course, you have to take electives. And so my first couple of years, I realized that I wasn't necessarily taking courses that I was truly interested in. Uh, and so when, once I got to, I guess, the higher uh, on it, and, and York actually has a wide uh, range of, of things that you can take. Um, and so I took a, a course about um, like atheism and modernity, and it was amazing. I, I talk about it till this day. Oh, there's a theme there. And- <laughs> X and modernity. Yep. I think I think there's great classes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've had a really full, rich uh, student experience. Um, so in what ways, I'm curious, have you changed or remain unchanged since before the beginning of your studies at Glendon and now? Like, what's changed? What hasn't changed? I think my commitment to, um, I guess, my values and things that I'm interested in, obviously, or maybe not so obvious, haven't changed. Um, but I think the way that I approach things has definitely changed. Um, before university, I was very... Um, I guess I'll just say shy. Um, I think a lot of people are that way. They're shy to approach someone and ask a question, whether it be about, you know, their actual academics, that academic services or finances, or even about possible opportunities that you could be a part of, whether it be volunteering or what have you. Um, so I I think that's the biggest thing that's changed. Um, I'm not as shy to, to ask questions or want to be a part of different things. Um and, you know, sometimes you just wait for someone to, to, to suggest something to you. And it's like sometimes that person never comes and you're going to be missing out on a lot of different opportunities uh, if you don't take the initiative and just do it. Um, and also just being open minded to a lot of different things. Um, there's things that I never thought that I'd be a part of, but um, 
by being like, okay, well, it's, this is different. I haven't necessarily done this before. Um, let's give it a try. Uh, you learn a lot of different things from those experiences as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the literature speaks strongly about the importance for student success, the importance of uh, help seeking, mm-hmm. you know, uh, building that sense of resourcefulness, um, but also mm-hmm. building that sort of open-minded spirit through by being in contact with so many different ideas and people, right? Absolutely. So I think that that's coming out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you weren't a student at Glendon right now, what would you be doing? Like, <laughs> Oh, um, well, I think I'd still be pursuing some type of higher education, maybe if it wasn't at Glendon. Um, so my, I guess my other thing that I'm hoping to do in the future, um, but I was, I would have been doing like maybe urban planning, um, something that I, an interest that I, that I had initially. Um, but yeah, I think if I wasn't learning at Glennon, I'd be learning something somewhere else or something else. Um, but I know the learning part is definitely there. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um, so now the big question, what does it mean to be successful in higher education from your perspective? Okay, this is an interesting question yeah. because this has definitely changed over. It can works that you want to see the highest GPA or what have you that right. you've ever had. Um but sometimes, excuse me, <laughs> sometimes that stuff isn't, it's important, but it's not all that's important. Um, so success for me in particular is d- doing the things that I find interesting, doing things that I find value out of, um, whether it be educating my peers or educating myself um, or maybe connecting with with um people outside of my my immediate community um but of course it does also mean you know doing well in school and and having those marks that i i i want um so goal setting for yourself i think is really important um and i think that's the biggest thing for me that's the biggest part of success uh, or that is what success is for me Mm -hmm. being able to establish a goal and be like hey uh galila (laughs) i want you to do x y and z uh so you can do a, B, and C in the future. Um, so really having some foresight and thinking about what I eventually want and, and making the decisions now that will help me do that yeah. in the future. And reflecting on your experience, have you, uh, to what extent have you sort of uh, achieved or are you working towards those goals mm-hmm. in higher education? I think I'm doing a, a decent job. I'd say so. <laughs> Thank More you, than decent. <laughs> I think I'm doing a decent job. Um, but of course, there's like hiccups along the road. Um, I think a really important part about um, going through university and, and um, growing as an adult is understanding that, you know, you might have goals for yourself, but life happens. <laughs> Things happen and they'll come at you and you won't expect it, uh, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, and that's challenging, um, having to work around something that you haven't planned for. Um, but that's, that's really important being able to be, I guess, quick on your feet and be like, all right, although this is happening, what can I do to, to really get back to get back on track? What do I need to do? I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, you know, in the, again, in our field, in the literature, we talk a lot about the importance of resilience, bounce back, you know, grit, pursuing uh, long-term goals, having the, you know, that perseverance to pursue yeah. those long-term goals. Mm-hmm. Um, could you talk, talk about a time when uh, you most struggled? You talked about bumps in the road, mm-hmm. most struggled. Um, what happened and what did you do? Yeah. Um, 
Interestingly enough, I think I have a very recent example of this.、Um, so my, so I, unfortunately, you know, I had a relative、um, pass away not too long ago.、Um, so that stuff can be really tasking and can be really difficult, especially when you're seeing the people that you love go through something so difficult.、Um, sure. But sometimes to really take a pause and be like, all right.、Um, Although you're going through this,、um, you do have to check in on your like mental health and things like that. So yeah, I think it's really important to be able to make sure that your mental health is in order because that stuff can really take a toll.、Um, and of course, you have to be able to you know go to your professors and say, "Listen, I'm not in a great place right now.、Um, so what can I do, or what? How can you help me succeed? Even though、uh, you know I've experienced this hiccup."、Uh, So really, being able to to communicate with my professors and people that I know that can help me、uh, has really helped me, I guess, not move on but work past it. <clears throat> right. There you go. <laughs> and I guess that proactive approach with professors during、uh, really destabilizing life life events is really important.、And、it、yeah. sounds like that's what you did. Absolutely.、Uh, and getting extra help as well.、Um, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. No. And, and what about a story of when you've triumphed per se? In、uh, your experience on campus, okay, or as a student, I think、huh. I would say, and this really directly has to do with、um, presenting. <laughs> so my very first,、uh, or okay, so when I was orientation chair for for Glendon,、um, I was lucky enough to really be introduced to that whole、um, discoursing conversation around sexual violence prevention, or and、um, the, and that whole.、Uh, That whole thing. So、uh, we were tasked with the opportunity of being able to present to our peers, and I think that was the biggest thing for me, the biggest triumph that I've had,、uh, being able to to sit or to stand in front of a hundred some odd people、um, in three different sessions and try to have a conversation with them about something that's really difficult, but also still grab their attention、um, and make sure that they're getting the content that they need.、Um, I think that was. The biggest thing, and I, I think about it every now and again. I was able to do that, and I'm sure that there's plenty of other things that I still have yet to come. I can still do a lot of different other things. So, yeah, and I think you know, listening to your experience in higher education, it 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 was, sounds like it was very personally rewarding, but also you were able to make impacts on communities in real ways.、Mm-hmm. I mean, I had the pleasure of working with you as I think chair, yeah,、right? <laughs> a fantastic one at that. Thank you. So.、Uh, And there's this theory in, in、uh, when we study as a student experience. It's called the input uh, environment uh, outcome theory, IEO. Don't worry about it. But basically, it's like <laughs> I write that down. D- for, <laughs> there you go. Good. Right. That student kind of reflex.、Um, you know,、uh, the outcome of a student experience is a combination of the student themselves, how they come in,、mm-hmm. right, and then the environment that the institution creates, right.、Um, So I'd I'd like to hear a bit more about the environment. So,、uh, what should the goal of a place like Glendon or a campus, university, college be when it comes to student success and in general?、Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me now that I'm now realizing、um, is making sure that students feel safe.、Um, that's the biggest thing.、Um, you know. Universities or, or Glendon in particular, because it's so small,、uh, really does feel like a community or, or a second home,、uh, which is which is great.、Um, but that really doesn't mean anything unless students feel safe on campus. So I think that's number one.、Um, uh, and with that,、uh, 
um, of course, feeling safe to express themselves is, are, is another thing. Um, so whether that be with their um, gender identity or whether that be with their cultural identity, um, with uh, the way that, you know, all the different types of places that students come from. So making sure that students feel secure um, uh, in uh, a learning environment as well so that we can learn uh, from one another, I think is really important. I've been uh, really interested in the um, you know, concept of uh, environments that create a sense of psychological safety. Yeah. And when we talk about learning and growth, I feel like a prerequisite is that sense of psychological safety. So I think, I think you're right. So in addition to safety, what in your experience should be another? I think a really important component is being able to provide students with platforms that they can, uh, that they can speak on. Uh, a variety of influence others. Um, so empowering students, essentially. Um, like I said earlier, sometimes you need a predecessor, uh, or someone that you identify with to really be able to feel like you can also succeed. Um, and I think people sometimes forget how influential that specific person uh, or that group of people could be um, for you to really, you know, come into a person of your own. Um, and, you know, reflecting on... on what you can do as an individual and seeing how you can really contribute to your community. So just essentially like student community has to be a place where, you know, students feel comfortable enough to, to be themselves, um, to, to, you know, feel like they have not necessarily a responsibility, but have a right, I guess, to, to be part of something bigger and to influence others. Um, yeah, and you were talking about um, the multiple communities you belong to and the intersecting identities that you have um, and the importance of role modeling and that peer-to-peer -peer influence, right? And off-air, you had shared that another two identities, at least, that um, you feel strongly if, uh, tied to was uh, as a woman of color, oh, yeah. racialized from a racialized community, but also first-generation uh, post-secondary student. Yeah, yeah. So how have those identities shaped your kind of experience yeah, um, so I think, <laughs> of, <laughs> of course, being a, I guess, a woman of color has really been influenced by, uh, you know, my, like my mother, like I've said earlier. And so um, I guess navigating that terrain within higher education has been interesting because, you know, I tend to not be able to, I guess, ignore things that, uh, how do I, how do I put this? Not ignore things that, aren't necessarily acceptable and, and or what I see as um, a little bit problematic or even sometimes like I don't necessarily have to be able to excuse me call someone out on something but I think a really important part of my higher education to, like uh, experience is being able to really identify something and and being able to think about oh like why is that the case why is uh, this situation arising, whatever it may be. Um, and of course, being able to reflect on that uh, for myself and being able to learn from it, uh, but also to, to help others to really understand, you know, why that is the case. Sometimes it can be very uh, isolating, sometimes not having someone, that, being able to have a conversation with someone about, you know, a certain delicate uh, situation can really help them uh, understand their place in, in this, I guess, in this, in the university. Because mm -hmm. um, that can be a, a little bit difficult, seeing where you fit in. And, you know, having to sometimes force yourself in 
if that makes sense. Yeah, it's so important to be able to reflect on those kind of experiences, but also know how to have the crucial conversations or challenging conversations to address it in a civil but and sometimes controversial way. And that's yeah. that's that's okay, right? Yeah. That's part of building the leaders yeah. uh, of today and tomorrow. Um, so I totally agree. Yeah. Um, speaking more about your experience, you know, we were talking earlier about the input environment outcome model or output. Yeah. Um, I want to know a bit more about the input piece. So what were the things in your life which have either made success more easily attainable or more difficult for you to experience um, mm-hmm. student success? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a really big component of being able to, to succeed is, and it sounds kind of, I don't know, maybe it sounds kind of basic, but really surrounding yourself with, uh, with good people. Um, so I've been so lucky fun. enough to, of course, meet some really amazing people and people that I'll, I'll hopefully take, uh, for the, with, with the rest of my life. But sometimes, um, you know, having that, that core, that core group can really help you, not only develop as a person, but develop as a collective. Um, and, you know, you know, reminiscing about, you know, we were this, this, and this in our, in our first year. I didn't know how to do this in my first year. Uh, and now I'm pursuing uh, this in, in the future. Um, that can be really gratifying. Um, but that same, that same thing goes for um, a, a challenge like that. Sometimes you'll meet people that you're not necessarily, uh, you don't necessarily jive with, which is totally fine. Um, uh, so that can sometimes be a challenge, whether and that doesn't have to exclusively be with um, students. It can also be with um, administrators, like professors and things like that. Sometimes you'll completely disagree with the professor, um, but it's important to be able to understand that you know they're obviously coming from a certain perspective, and you're coming from a different perspective. Um, so where can you meet in the middle, essentially? So I think that's the biggest. What do you? What advice do you have if, uh, like, you know? Or a student in class and you sort of disagree with the professor's view on something. What do you what, what do you recommend? Well, one thing I think helps out a lot, and, and sometimes it can be, uh, you know, not as not as uh, effective uh, of not as wait, what am I trying to say? Not as effective of they what they think. Uh, but if that's all you, that you do, it doesn't necessarily go anywhere. So I think it, within limitation, of course, talk to your friends and be like, hey. Uh, I or you obviously consult people that that you trust. Um, so, David, for example, if I had an issue with with a professor, and I would hope this is okay with you, but I definitely come to you and I be like, that. "Hey, David, I I don't know what to do with with this." Um, and so, like people like you, like yourself, David, you're here to help us succeed, anyways. Um, so, I think it's it's you have the tools that I don't have necessarily. Or we can, yeah, we can figure out the tools together. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I might not be considering one thing, but right. you might be also yeah. coming since you come from a different perspective. Right. Might be able to right. to contribute to that conversation yeah. a little bit differently. I think it's good idea, good advice to um, seek the help of others to unpack an experience, yeah. right? Like that in a classroom or even outside the classroom yeah. in life in general. Um, thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah. So, when have you felt talking about student engagement? Uh, when have you felt most engaged uh, in the curriculum or co-curriculum? Funny enough, I think when I'm talking about the or when we're talking about the curriculum in particular, uh, 
I honestly think the most time that I've ever felt engaged is literally just sitting in the in the library and just doing my work. Nice. Because that's when you're really engaging with the content, right? And you really have to evaluate it for, for what you understand it to be. Um, and of course, you know, consulting your classmates about uh, the content. I think that can be the most exciting part as well. And when I felt really engaged, it's like me and my good friend would be leaving our diplomacy class, for example. And we'll be talking about uh, the lecture that we got today. Uh, and sometimes, uh, you know, you'll sit there and you're like, oh, wow, we're actually talking about the content. Like, we're actually trying to, to see and uh, trying to connect it to something that we've seen in the real world. So that sometimes that can be super gratifying. It's something that you can really see the, I guess, engagement. You can really see There's something there. exciting about being able to hit the critical thinking level of any concept right yeah and so it sounds like when you're in the library you're you're, you're forced to kind of go deep into that content and when yeah. you're having that peer-to-peer interaction it's because you're you're feeling this like deeper non-surface level connection to the content yeah oh, sometimes having your own opinion actually yeah excuse me sometimes that can be the most <laughs> interesting experience because you're like wow i can actually i know what i'm talking about now i know how to apply x concept uh to this specific uh situation or, or what have you yeah. bring the textbook memorizing yeah. it goes up to applying creating your own knowledge right and creating yeah. new knowledge so i think you're right that's that's i think yeah. that's like the goal of curric- formal curriculum and also yeah. co-curriculum yeah. what about co-curriculum like in the your student <laughs> life um when have you been most engaged and maybe you touched on it already, already yeah yeah so one example that i that I, I touch on every now and again uh is being lucky enough to to be glendon's orientation chair yeah. uh, and so you know i got to work with uh, a bunch of different presidents and, and uh, other orientation chairs from other colleges uh, on yoda so the york orientation directors association and so there you get to meet a lot of different people who represent their community who might be completely different from yours. Um, so like the science is, is obviously very different from, from a liberal arts uh, college like London. Um, but that experience can be very interesting as well. Uh, though within my community or within the Glendon community most specifically, um, of course, being able to you know talk to, to first year students and, and, and our leaders uh, is very engaging. Um, but I think something a little bit more every day uh, is literally just walking through the hall and being able to say hello to people. Oh, hi, how are you? How was your, your first week or how was uh, your last week? You know, people come in and out uh, so frequently. So you're always trying to or you're always experiencing a, a new uh, group of people. You know, not, no one's ever static. Everyone's always changing. So I think that's one of the most interesting parts and super engaging because sometimes you find similarities or you can, you know, give some advice like, oh, yeah, I was I was there at one point. You'll be fine. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think some of uh, some of my friends who, you know, we were at university together. I think that's part of the piece that uh, some some people miss uh, is that just there's always people around yeah. and different people. Right. Uh, to interact with. Um you were talking about liberal arts. It made me think, what sort of skills have you developed along the way of your student experience? Thinking now like to your potential career or next steps. Yeah. What sort of skills have you picked up along yeah. the way? I think the one that's changed the most is just having self-discipline. Uh, that is, I think, the one that will impact me, obviously, throughout whatever I decide to do, uh, whether it be with uh, academic work or with professional, with my professional life. I'm just being able to develop those disciplinary skills of like time management and being able to understand my own 
I guess my own habits, uh, things that I do. So if I don't, you know, actually get up and go to the library, I'm not going to be able to, uh, you know, read what I need to read for that week uh, or send that email that I need to send the biggest thing. Uh, and of course, things like time management get refined. Uh, but I think really another thing I'm really actually proud of is being able to develop my own uh, sense of uh, voice when I write. Because sometimes, you know, mm. it's very, <laughs> there's a method of, of writing papers and Yeah, it's like writing, a formula. Yeah, which is totally fine. Like that's there to, that's just the skeleton though. You really need to be able to fill it in with the meat, I guess. I agree. Um, and not necessarily the meat of the content, but I guess I'll call it the meat of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> the little components of you. Uh, so I think that's been really, really interesting and something that will definitely take. Yeah, that's a process. I'm trying to, I mean, I'm teaching a first year course on uh, critical thinking and, 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 and learning strategies, skills, all that. And we're really trying to teach that part. Like, yes, re- re- write a research paper, but putting your voice in, in there yeah. is, is like another level. Absolutely. Right? It's, it's a bit of a process, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Time. It's taken plenty of years. Yeah, lots of years. Yeah, four or five years now. Hmm. Um, What's a what's a tip that or a resource that you'd recommend students make use of? It doesn't have to be at Glennon, just like in general, moving into higher education. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think actually something that so I'm a student who uses OSAP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OSAP is great. So that's um, the uh, Ontario Student Assistance Program. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So of course, university can be very expensive, uh, but that shouldn't stop you from pursuing an education. Uh, and I know that they've changed the program quite a bit to help students actually access uh, education uh, easier than they previously would have. So honestly, like, and I, you know, suggest this to even my friends who are totally fine with, uh, you know, paying their tuition uh, on their own. Um, sometimes, you know, you might need some extra assistance and, and you know, you might not be able to, you're not, yeah, you might not be able to work uh, while being a student. And so having some type of income to buy your Metro Pass or to, to buy groceries or what have you uh, can really, really help out. Um, so using that as a resource, I think is, I think it's definitely use it. <laughs> use OSAP if you, if you need it. Uh, you know, being the first interview on student success uh, that I've done so far, um, it's pretty cool because you've touched on a, a wide variety of aspects, whether it was resilience, finances, yeah. or identities, involvement, but yeah. also the academic journey. So thanks for sharing that all, all of that. Is there anything else about uh, student success uh, you'd want to share? So I think a really big part of, of student success is, of course, understanding that there are people there to, to help you succeed, but you also need to take ownership of your own student success Um there are resources, there are things like OSAP, there are things like uh, finance, uh, excuse me, like uh, academic advising or, or what have you. Uh, but in terms of getting the, I guess, really applicable skills for the future, um, you really need to decide what you want uh, and how or what are the resources or what are the things that you could get involved with to get those uh, to get those skills, whether they be administrative skills, whether they be interpersonal skills. Um, yeah, so you really need to be able to understand what you want and and look for uh, communities or look for opportunities that will will give you that. Right. I hear that you have the, a, a very goal oriented kind of. That's how you kind of manage your student success. And I suppose for people who don't know their goals, I suppose you can kind of sometimes get involved first with stuff, yeah, and then you kind of refine your goals as you're, you're as you get involved, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, great. So, what about a couple lightning questions? Yes. Get to know your questions. Let's do okay. it. What's the most awkward thing that happens to you on a regular basis? Uh, awkward thing that happens to me. I get really awkward when I. So I like coffee a lot, and so when I go to a new coffee shop, sometimes I get flustered about what I want, and so the barista will always look at me like. Lady, what do you want? And I'm like, I, I want everything. And so I always find myself like hiccuping <laughs> when I want to order something. So, yeah. I'm the same at like every kind of retail yeah. kind of food place, oh. uh, or, or especially drinks. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they get so complicated. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life? Or sushi. Oh, done. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. One hundred percent. Are you a sashimi person? Yeah. Raw fish. I'm down for it. Yeah. yeah I'm awesome. here. Me too. We should share that. Yeah. Um, what are you watching or reading these days? Margaret Atwood is a genius. Yeah. <laughs> so the show is is based off of her book, uh, The Handmaid's Tale, and uh, they adapted it uh, to to television or to Hulu. And it's excellent. It's really, really good. What have you been wondering about lately? Um, what have I been wondering about lately? And this could be anything, yeah. right? Huh. So yesterday, I was having a conversation with my friend, uh, just about, of course, like we all do, think about it, thinking about the state of the world. Um, and we were just talking about the most recent uh, military coup in, in Zimbabwe. And uh, I was telling him, I was like, "What? What else could happen? <laughs> like, I, it doesn't have to be exclusively with with Zimbabwe." But uh, I was thinking about, you know, the fact that you know I have grown up in in an era where like the internet exploded, but also we're also living in the time of like the Paradise Papers that just came out mm. uh, with a military coup. There's so many different things happening uh, in our world. Um, so I just like, what what could possibly happen next? Uh, that's but it. of course, I guess we'll just sit and wait and see. <laughs> right, no, it's a good question. Um, do you have any nicknames? Oh, um, yeah. I, so some of my friends call me G. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I go by G every now and again. That makes sense, Galila. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite thing to spend money on? Oh, uh, food. <laughs> nice sushi. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Do you, who who in the world, uh, past present? Would you most like to share a meal with? Meal. Uh, so I could go the really, uh, you know, not philosophical, but really, you know, I guess big name person and say Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. But if we're going for someone a little bit more cheerful, I guess I'll say, huh, no one's coming to me. Huh. Dude, why this is like so difficult? <laughs> Malcolm X, it is. No? <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. we'll stick with Malcolm well, X. Then. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, do you have a you know favorite teacher, prof, uh, person in in university, or even before that you'd like to give a shout out to? Uh, yeah. So funny enough, uh, I was scrolling through Facebook, and a friend of mine had uh, tagged me in a, in a in an interview on. Uh, one of the news outlets in Ontario and Professor Owalu was actually on, on, on television talking about, about the military coup. So you're great. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot again, Galila. This was wonderful. Thank again, you for having me. I'm sorry I coughed so much. <laughs> especially that you're feeling under the weather. It's really awesome that you, you were able to do this. Thank and you. Thank I think, you. you know, we learned a lot um, and uh, wish you all the best. Thank you very much, David.
So I hope you enjoyed this first episode of season one of the Student Success Exchange with Galila, who is today a Master's of Planning candidate at Ryerson University. We actually filmed this interview about a year ago, so that gives you insight into how nervous I was to actually publish my first podcast series. Uh, I am collecting comments and feedback over social media. My handle is David Ip Yam, and I'll be happy to integrate any feedback uh, for future episodes. Thank you, and until next time.